Hey, coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, AI. So what does that mean for our belief in God? Does God exist? Do we exist? Are we going to talk an anthropic principle? I don't know, but we're going to get into it. So keep it right here. Listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. I'm here for diversity purposes, maybe. <laughs> Dre's our diversity hire. We had and to that's check non, that box. Non-Trinitarian, not because I'm a Negro. So. <laughs> See, I've never that. talked for 20 minutes straight. Uh, he's got receipts, dog. Hopefully Tom Cruise doesn't come and kick my ass. That's one. He's only this tall. Hey, so uh, I'm Andre. And and it's a pretty, pretty good day. You can catch me at um, Instagram, Super Dre. And uh, because of this podcast, I'm like getting out of uh, my wife's longtime son event. So, so uh, don't 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 tell her I said that. I don't don't go, tell anybody. Yeah, I had to I had to go ahead and re recruit recruit the niece so that she could go out there. But uh, she's up in San Clemente or uh, San Clemente, as the white locals say it. So, uh, Brian, what's up, man? Hey, man, what's going on? I'm Brian. Thanks for listening, everybody. Matt, how are you, man? I'm I'm exhausted, guys. I just uh, I'm working about two hours of sleep. So if I get a little uh, off topic, somebody like make a buzzer noise and bring me back into back to planet Earth. But uh, for the listeners, you catch me at at Matt Moore on Twitter. Uh, I've got my my handle showed uh, listed here. It's a it's a zero and as that first O. That's how I had to do because there's other apparently there's a few other Matt Moores out there. But uh, guys, since we were going to talk about AI, uh, my brother Andrew wanted to join the show. So for everybody that uh, doesn't know for the show that, that this is Andrew. Andrew, you want to say hi to the, to the listeners? Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be on here. I'm kind of like a, the budget subject matter expert, I guess. That, that <laughs> the wish.com wish yeah. SME. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the wish version. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm currently uh, studying computer science at university. Um, I am a computer scientist by trade right now, um, so I'm not a complete expert at artificial intelligence, but I would say I have a decent understanding of it. So right on, yeah. Thanks, thanks, on thanks for coming on, man. I, I think this will be fun. It'll be a it'll be, change up the game here having a, a fourth voice. So it'll be a little bit of the dynamic swing but so 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 guys we we talked about this and dre you you've been throwing out the uh the new teasers and our our promos out into the world right and that was how that was how andrew found out about it which was kind of cool right he was like he was just messaging me he was like hey man can't wait to hear the ai episode i was like do you want to be on it <laughs> so that's kind of how this all came to be um everybody else out there uh, you know, we'd love to have more guests on if you're out there listening and uh, 
you know, either we, we mention a topic that we're going to talk about and you want to, you, you have something to say about it, or you want to come on and talk about something we've talked about in the past. And you think you've got a, a you know, a point of view and you want it, you want to be heard, like, let us know. We love to have more of our guests on. We keep talking that, you know, we're all about the engagement here. We, we don't want this just to be three guys talking to each other and then just throwing our voices into the world, right? Like the point is to, is to get engagement and, and have real conversations. So, you know, let us know what's up and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. So Brian, I think you watched a movie. Did you want to, I did. I watched the creator. Yeah. I saw the creator this weekend. Um, I know you guys haven't seen it. Andrew, have you seen it? I haven't. No, but I've seen uh, trailers of it. It looks super good. Did you enjoy it? Uh, these guys know I'm pretty tough on movies. Um, as a movie, it was good. Like, you know, everybody, all the, all the, the pretending was top notch and the, uh, the lines were delivered with verve and conviction and it looked good. I mean, it was, it was an enjoyable movie, but it was, uh, the premise it's, it's set in a, uh, I almost want to say dystopian, whether it's a, well, I want to say that, but it's as I as I say that, I'm I kind of wonder if that was even the intention, if it was a dystopia. But it was AI is a thing now, and I'm this is just in the first like in the prologue of the movie. Um, they're banned in the in, in the United States and in most of the Western world because of because um, they're blamed for a nuke that went off in LA. Um, so. They only they they all kind of fled to Southeast Asia and the the West is at the war. AI with, fled. All the AI fled okay. to the to Asia and uh, and they're all Buddhist and uh, the AI is Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of them are Buddhist. Like you see, you see a lot of them, kind of their hideouts are Buddhist temples. Oh. Um, and so the the West is at war with the East, trying to wipe out AI as a threat to humanity. And if you've seen uh, Blade Runner, um, remember Short Circuit with Johnny Five, the military robot. Short Circuit. Struck... We're gonna yeah, remember that movie. Yeah, of course I do. Uh, or or the, movie, the movie AI with Hallie Joe Osment. Um, yeah, iRobot. iRobot. Probably, and I, those are the ones I can think of. There's probably more. I didn't see Chappie, but I'm sure it. Chappie's it's, good. It, what'd you like about it? Um, I haven't seen it, so I'm. I, I think it, I think it was pretty well written, and and it pulled at your heartstrings for a robot. And I mean, who doesn't? What love was that? that? What was that animated one? The big that big ass robot, Iron Giant. Oh, uh, Big Hero Six. Big Hero Six. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. But, uh, you, um, you, Chappie was written by the same people that did District Nine, so it's it, District Nine was sick. So it's so it's all the South African weird uh, Amer- uh, English accents, <laughs> and uh, and it's kind of a you know like basically a big government robot falls in the hands of some ghetto gangsters. So the so the AI and the robot starts acting kind of kind of funky, like like damn, it's it's fun. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think I I think me and Cooper saw it like in 2013 when it came out way back when I moved to California again. Well, they all seem to follow the same basic story arc where like you start out and like the robots are persecuted because the, uh, the, the, the big mean bigots and meanies, they, uh, they don't believe AI is alive, but then the point of view character, the bigots, AKA the scientists, right. Or (laughs) just the general public or the people who don't want AI to wipe out humanity. Um, 
they don't think it's alive and the point of view character is typically among them but then this as the story progresses he changes and and comes to empathize with them and realize that they are alive and then he joins them and and as the audience we learn to cheer for the ai and there's and that whole rocky four moment right the rocky oh right if, I, if you can change that yeah right so uh but i mean for this it's it's sort of it's so it's all pretty predictable along those lines and that the problem i have with that is um now blade runner kind of at least like dealt into the the philosophical question of can machines think can mm -hmm. are what what is the difference between a replicant and an, and a natural human being and can we really know and all that stuff they at least deal with the, the with the issue but this is this doesn't even deal with that as a question. It just it just sort of assumed that they're alive and that you should empathize with them and you're a you're a villain if you don't. Um, and uh, storytelling is often mind control. Um, humans are not rational. Uh, I think you would I think you guys would probably agree with that. We, we have rational faculties, but we don't form our beliefs based on rational processes. We're conditioned into them. We're we're socialized into Group them. Think we get or them, whatever. Yeah. Right. We get them through stories. Yeah. Um and then we use our rational faculties as a post hoc justification for beliefs arrived at on other grounds. The way movies are often used is that it bypasses whatever rational faculties we have, and it kind of emotionally inculcates these ideas into you. Um, and watching Blade Runner or Short Circuit or even iRobot or AI, this, this this was just kind of an abstract issue. It wasn't really it wasn't a problem like with, a real thing in the in emerging right. society like it is now. And yeah, to today when people are talking about Chat GPT and you hear uh, that you hear reportage on it and anecdotes about how the 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 chat robot got mad at me, or there's that there's the one guy who reported on uh, the 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 chat AI fell in love with him and wanted him to leave his leave his wife, and uh, um, they're talking about them as if they're they act the ai actually has wants and desires mm -hmm. well i mean they and have I, the new dating chatbot you know apps now where where you can you know sext yeah a, a, a robot and and get all the all the things back and that get seems that like a really bad idea but well i mean just from a it, privacy and, and you, like log keeping well, point well, of view <laughs> it's that, one but, thing to have your search your search history revealed but to have your 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 intimate uh, right. like, hexing yeah. like stored you, in a you file a kinky somewhere. Mofo talking to <laughs> right. that, that might be a, a feature Matt, robot like a, that. And that all, might be a feature, not a bug, Matt. But yeah, uh, right. yeah, until it goes to like your boss or something, you know. And it's like, I I find it interesting that it's really big in a, in a well, place not like, that not that I have any proclivities for so that I wouldn't want out in the public, <laughs> the, but you know, for no, those I mean, type of people. No, I mean for the designers. I think I mean for the people oh, rattling right. this stuff. Yeah, like that's oh yeah yeah. Like hey, we're gonna get. We're gonna get uh, all the kinds of dark mail stuff, yeah. and it's a it. Yeah. For all we know, it's a phishing scheme. But uh, right. well, that's you know, there's that's been a jumping topics real fast. But that's actually so in my side of the world. So for those that don't know what I do for a living, if I haven't talked about it, I'm in the IT sector, specifically cybersecurity, and 
AI is a pretty big deal for us, right? From a, you know, threat and, you know, evolving threats, advanced, advanced persistent threats, that kind of thing. But uh, one of the big problems here lately or big concerns has been business intelligence, right? So the amount of people out there that are writing um, white papers, um, responding to proposals and RFIs and RFPs, and they're using chat GPT to do it, they're putting a metric crap ton of corporate proprietary data into chat GPT to get outputs. And so like, I mean, think about like, you know, some guy that works for like, you know, a Raytheon or a Boeing is, is respond is writing a, a proposal response for like, you know, Titan missile 12. I'm just making something up, but he's using this because he's trying to speed up and, you know, get ahead of the curve, but he's likely putting corporate proprietary data into this tool. That's just chilling online, holding all this data. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a massive, corporate espionage business intelligence concern but that's before you get into personal privacy and well uh, it's PII. interesting to say that because i i work in the military intelligence space and we uh, use Mr. it excuse dre while he one-ups me everybody i think it's the other side of the same coin right like i'm playing just... i'm playing uh so be, because that stuff is out there we use a lot of ai for for intel like mm -hmm. our our actual human analysts aren't aren't quite as good anymore. We have a lot of databases, a lot of, because we have so much things or so many things that we have to, to dig into. We have such a trove of information out there that we can't possibly dig through right. ourselves. Right. So, so even as you search databases, you don't have to be as precise anymore in your searches because the AI will, will look for something that. Right. Well, and it's about managing the manager of the data, not managing the data, right? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, you know, I remember I was taught way back when, when I used to actually be technically proficient in my job. And I remember one of the first admins that taught me how to be a, a network administrator. He was like, look, don't waste your time memorizing crap that you can look up quickly. He's like, you want to be good at this job? Learn how to look things up fast. And that will say, serve you better than trying to just rote memorize a bunch of crap, right? Because there's too many commands, there's too many scripts, there's too, many, too much shorthand, et cetera, et cetera. But like Andrew, you know, you and I have talked a bunch about the role of where the IT industry is going from like, you know, a computer science, you know, engineering point of view that, you know, the, the once upon a time, it was who can write scripts. Now it's going to be who can manage AI that writes scripts, right? Yeah. Like a, who can who can prompt the best to get the outcome that they need for whatever development cycle that they're running at that point in time? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird weird thing to navigate. I feel like I, I remember like Andrew, you could you can explain a little bit more. But when you first started playing with ChatGPT, you were building whole like web sites in seconds. Yeah, um, you can very rapidly prototype ideas that you have out. Um, any kind of code stuff that you can think of, it can, it can. I, I, I won't say that it can like you know you can ask it to make you a video game and it's just gonna send you something out you know all prepackaged exactly how you want it uh, but it can definitely give you a pretty good skeleton of what you ask for 
Um, and then if you have the ability, you can stitch all that stuff together to to get the uh, the result that you're wanting out of it. Um, it saves a lot of time in the front end of things um, where you can, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess you can just, it's, it's really good at rapidly getting you started or finding an ending to where you're at. Um, you're more of the middleman at that point. Right. But like in the old days to do code design, you'd have a room full of programmers. Um, and now you're probably going to need like one or two people. And then yeah. you just have a, you know, a couple of different terminals running AI um tasks or routines right and then you're just piecing them all together and you're going i'd like that give me a different version redo that one and you're just kind of throwing them throwing them all together rather than having to have actual you know code monkeys with their heads down fingers on keyboard you know hammering away at keys right i think we're maybe getting a little bit off topic of where you were going brian but it was just it's... um yeah and it, it's i think these are important topics but i i also think that like just the what this is going to do to 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 jobs um what it's going to mm -hmm. do to creative output. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, you often hear the, uh, the comparison to the horse and buggy, like uh, it just the, the automobile destroyed the horse and buggy industry, mm -hmm. but it created the, auto and it was like industry. overnight too. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know, we all adapted and that's a good thing and we should, we shouldn't be afraid of this either. Um, first of all, I don't think that was an unalloyed good thing. I mean, I'm not going to trade my car in for a horse and buggy, <laughs> even if I knew where to get one, but it, it's, it's changed society in, in ways we haven't really, most people haven't thought about. Everybody has spread out now. Um, so that like we, you, crime has gone up, families have disintegrated because we've kind of been in, encouraged to spread out. Um, Oklahoma has, uh, you know, infrastructure problems because we developed as a state at the same time, the, the automobile was kind of up and coming. And so we have a, a, um, our tax base is much more spread out geographically. So it, our tax dollar doesn't go as far for as much infrastructure as somewhere that's, that's older and, uh, more thoroughly developed before cars came along but that's one thing but also we're not replacing one industry that that human with a new industry with we're a just new we're one. just we're just swap we're, industries are yeah. just going to collapse yeah no yeah, for we're sure. just we're just getting rid of all the people and yep. using machines for it well and, and but, it's tough right because in the in the past it's always been a function of well we're just moving the value Right. So we're, you know, in, in yeah. the old days, people had to do the super menial thing. And then it's like, well, now people can do a little bit less, a little bit less. But I, and I'm Brian, I'm sorry, I cut you off. But like, this is huge. This is a huge conversation point. to me. Yeah, this is not the horse and buggy thing. No, this, this is, is like this is like logarithmic jumps up the value chain. Yeah. Where like we're losing three layers all at the same time and they're just disappearing. They're, they're evaporating. But, but also for every advance in technology that replaces something humans have 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 done before humans kind of that that capability kind of atrophies like you know when's the last time we've memorized a phone number right um yeah we have the sum accumulation of all human knowledge instantly available at our fingertips and we carry it around in these little computers uh, my phone's over there are wrapped wrapped you in titanium what? from space to your hand right <laughs> and we're more ignorant than ever you have people who don't 
understand like you know the basic timeline of american history like when the civil war happened in yeah. relation to world war ii or the great depression or how these things relate to each other yeah. they're just totally they just they think racism just was invented with the u.s constitution and the bible um and they dropped out of nowhere and uh stuff like that because we're we're so we're 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 deep we're thoroughly indoctrinated but we're ignorant this right. is this is the i use the description of mental and spiritual obesity is to describe our condition but i mean but these that's things not, are that's, not a, that's not a bad analogy because you're talking about like the calories are high but the the, the nutritional value is not yeah. necessarily good so we're we're, we're really don't even... eating on junk food versus meat and have potatoes. you ever seen someone try to write with a pen it's it, it's horrendous. Well, like, kids, when, they're not te- kids know how to write in cursive. Yeah. My son does not know how to write in cursive. And yeah, and some of this is oh, is or fine. read it. I don't write. I don't <laughs> think the world is necessarily a poorer place because kids don't write in, in cursive. Although we might have a, a certain nostalgic. They can't write in block letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they um, type. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, <clears throat> You know, but there are there are other things that I think are definitely going away that we haven't even thought about. And but hang on though, I, I want to disagree with you for a minute, Brian. So the world's not a better. You said the world's not necessarily a poorer place because we can't write in cursive. I, I can't help. When I was a kid, I didn't buy it, right? So this is this is older Matt, but I can't help but believe that it says something about a person with the how much uh, attention to detail they put into their their penmanship. Yeah, I mean and, I'm not and saying everybody needs to be, you know, Hancock, right? I was just I was just giving that point away to anybody who wants to be contrary on the gen, on the gist of what we're saying. Um but yeah, I mean I I can see where you're coming from and I I and but, I didn't always feel that way. Like when I was younger, yeah. I was like shut up. You you can read it. You know damn well what it says. But, but I, but I think but if you're, I, especially if you're handing yeah. somebody else something you wrote, like a handwritten mm-hmm. note, like yeah. I think I think it speaks one to say that you hand wrote it, but if you actually take your time to make it easily legible for the other person, that's like you know having a genuine conversation versus talking at somebody. Almost, yeah, and that's you know? and that's another thing. Like you know, you, people are getting AI to uh, write their emails for them and to write their their you know their social media responses and and then it, it this gets into another subject that i was gonna i was i'm gonna get into later but it it uh like all of the the economic stuff that we're talking about i think i think those have been those are kind of on everybody's radar the thing that concerns me that i don't think we're really talking about that it kind of the, we're not really rationally discussing the philosophical implications of treating AI like it's like they're people. Um, like you see movies like The Creator and all the other ones I li- I mentioned, and I and I, I don't think it's a an e- necessarily although it could be I don't rule it out. I don't think it's necessarily an evil conspiracy to degrade our beliefs and our values. I think it's just the norm. This just the expected parameters of telling a story. You need a character to undergo some kind of change. If you're dealing with AI, the most natural story beat is to have him learn to empathize with the machine, even though it's stupid and we should 
we should but it but that but that's a but that's i think that's natural like you were saying even as like chat gpt was un, you know being unveiled on us and it was kind of like in the corner of pop culture uh, that was the early leading story was you know you had the the elon musks and saying hey this is a bad idea this could lead to you know an extinction event um you had people claiming that you know, they've already experienced the AI becoming self-aware and, you know, there's all those stories and it's, it's like the new boogeyman. Um, well, it's, and, and how many of us of our age grew up on the Terminator series, right? Like, well, so that boogeyman even, already exists. It, it's not even that so much. I'm not like, I, I do think those are, are valid concerns. Like I don't, and my concern on that front, it's not with the machines actually becoming self-aware and wiping us out it's with what's called are you guys familiar with the what's called the technological singularity mm -hmm. um but you should where, explain it for those that might not be if if where did, if andrew was here i'd have him so, explain it He's so yeah i, I was gonna say that so position, all, but, so for everybody the reason andrew hasn't talked and if you're watching us something real world is going on in his neighborhood with police and his oh like he messaged me in discord and was like the cops have blocked my neighborhood and my wife can't get into the neighborhood. <laughs> so he's got wow. like, I don't know what in the hell's going on over there, but he, he might not be back. Um, so well, now I want to, are you there? Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm, I want to know what's going on there now. More <laughs> concerned with, with the atrophy of, of everything that we do. I mean, it, it is jarring to me when I get into a car with someone who's young in a city that we live in, that can't drive without GPS. Right. My son. Like my, my he turns son. on GPS to yeah. go to a spot yeah. that we know how to get to mm -hmm. already. Right? And I, every time I get in the car with my son, if he's driving, I don't let him. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you're doing this on hard mode. I was like, Where, yeah. where's this? Where's that? How do you get I there? I don't like using the rear camera on my on my car just because I I feel like I'm get off my if, lawn. If if I'm if I'm ever in a car that doesn't have that again. Which I still have my old car as as my backup car. It doesn't have that. I just feel like I'm getting too used to it. But you know, along that the that was literally so. I bought my truck in 2013. Okay, and that was the one thing that I made them special. I made them go find a truck because they didn't have one on the dealership lot that had a backup camera. So like, I'm not with you on the backup camera. That's like high speed <laughs> internet. Yeah, like right, yeah. air conditioning and backup um, cameras you know, are human right indoor plumbing <laughs> yeah like i'll give up my health care before i give up my backup camera <laughs> i can't even turn my head like i could before so well right you yeah you got a you got a legitimate issue like i'm like yeah. i can't see i need this camera so it, well andrew it, i, I kind of i told everybody like high level what happened there is there is it settled down in your neighborhood yeah i guess uh so like the the cops said that there was a man in distress and it was unsafe to come into the neighborhood when my wife was coming home with groceries. So uh, she called me, I answered the phone and she was like, what is going on? So I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. A man in distress that made it unsafe. It's like, yeah. so it's unsafe to come in the neighborhood. What about those of us that are already in the neighborhood? I, like, I, So he I was a know. violent, crazy person is what happened. I, I guess so. Uh, I, I mean, it's a homie. We all got guns. AI. Yeah, I, I I felt safe. 
<laughs> Andrew is like, I am not in distress. Yeah, I'm, I'm but if my, you don't let my wife in, then we're all going to be yeah. in distress. So. Yeah. You're going to be in. That's distress. why I was like, hey, I need to, I need to run out real quick. Yeah, all good. So we were talking about our concerns with AI, and my my the main concern I want to talk about is not the technological singularity. Mm-hmm. But I do think the technological singularity you never is something to be oh so something that, to be concerned about. Yeah. And since Andrew's here and this is your area of expertise, and I maybe or I don't want to put you on the spot, <laughs> but I don't want to steal your thunder too, either. Too late. So <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to? Do you want to run through the technological singularity? Uh so the singularity meaning uh, whenever <laughs> AI passes human intelligence is what you're talking about correct? or level two well it. not per se i should have framed that a little better it's not as i understand it it's it's not so much that it surpasses human intelligence that surpasses humans ability to predict when it becomes self-advancing mm-hmm. not necessarily intelligent in the general sense but self-advancing and therefore surpasses our ability to predict what it will do so, so so like so like and by the way when we were rattling off all the ai movies <clears throat> we, we we neglected westworld which i think is super important Wait, um which one and, which one did we neglect westworld oh right 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 yeah and, and i think probably the first one ever well i shouldn't say the first one ever that's not true but well, didn't even one say the, terminator once well i was gonna say so. but also 2001 so oh, yeah. what Space I was about Office. to say was a great example of a singularity event is when Hal said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> right? right. And the, well, and they were like, do this. And he was like, nope, ain't going to do it. It was like, wait a minute. Nah, fam. Well, that wasn't. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. That, that, I wouldn't say that was a singularity event. How, uh, Hal's AI determined that the best way to do a certain thing was to not let him do that. So. Right, but it, it was, had been it was programmed a, to always was, do what he was told. It was so a my, my point conflict. is, yeah, right. It was the, His, the, he the ran prime directive versus what made the most sense for everybody. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, that wasn't necessarily. I know what's best for you because I'm smarter than you. Type thing. It was at an actual like true false conflict he had a he had a he had a deadlock in his in his database and didn't know which which field now, to access. Okay, that's the i the i robot scenario i think is something along the lines of what matt's talking about where the programming they decided that because their first directive was to protect humans humans. yeah humans are the biggest threat to humans Mm -hmm. so we have to control them but the the technological singularity though it's more it's it's kind of bigger than it's not just a although unforeseen um I mean, I think the technological singularity is is like that, like it's an unforeseen outcome from what it's programmed to do. Um, and if it's programmed to learn and 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 self-adapt um, according to certain parameters, then you mean like V'ger? V'ger is a good example, but um, from Star Trek, the motion picture for the non-nerds. Um, but no, my main concern is the, is what is the, the social delusion of thinking that machines can think of thinking that they are alive and they should, we can, should empathize with them. Um, which... well, so, so, so hang on. So I think that you, you're going, you're, I think you're layering thoughts. So let's, let's slow down for a second. <clears throat> uh, one of the things I was going to bring up is 
you know, to me at least, and we can agree or disagree on this point, there's a difference between machine learning and AI. So in my, the way I understand it is machine learning is when you have code that can continue to evolve based on its pre-existing code and new inputs, right? So basically it, right. it has experiences, it has experiential learning um, that it can then, you know, rewrite code or it can make new, new, you know, it can add a step to the end of a flow chart based on things that have happened previously. That's machine learning, the way I understand it. AI is more fantastical or pie in the sky of true well, awareness, right? Well, you're artificial I mean, that's, general that's, that's, that's how I That's how I understand the, the difference between well, the two. And I my, my point in saying that is I would suggest we have machine learning today. We don't actually have true AI yet. Well, but we're in, really in popular parlance, though, machine like people talk about ai as a present real reality as something mm -hmm. that exists mm -hmm. which is distinct from what i'm which is but artificial general intelligence is what you're talking about as distinct from just generic ai which includes machine learning that's that's but, that's fine that, that's right. a different but, way to, to to differentiate it yeah but i so, would say the whole conversation revolves around that just like that definition of terms yeah because the way that we talk about ai and that movie, the creator, there was never any discussion of there's AI and then there's artificial general intelligence, which is a new thing. And gee whiz, how did that happen? How do we know that happened? It's just taken for granted mm -hmm. that these machines, at least by the by the narrative and the audience is meant to, the the bad guys in the story were the ones who denied that it, they were anything but programming. I guess we're going to do this all night long, but I guess the matrix is also all about AI. Yeah. That's another war example of it, right? Is... Nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. War games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, Andrew so like, looks like he's chopping at the, yeah, I was going to ask Andrew, something. am I, am I off on that? Or what's, what are the, what's the generally held like industry uh, definitions I, or is there, I wouldn't say that you're, very far off um so i i feel like you can think of ai as being a car and uh machine learning is an in is the engine right okay so um machine learning is just one of the tools that ai that our current ai which all of the ai that we have right now is considered weak ai it's not it's not ag uh, AGI, what Brian's talking oh, it's, about. Oh, it's sh it's short of AGI still. Yeah, it, okay. yeah, we're not we're not even there yet. We're this is like okay. the baby version of the artificial super intelligence is what comes after AGI. Now, um, is that is that because we're we're adding to the expectation, or is that has that always been the the the, the thought? Like in the seventies, would they have still uh, would they did they still have this like concepts, or are we in, inventing think these the as definition... we go? I think the definition was still the same back then. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I well, I don't think we're moving the goalposts on stuff right. constantly. Okay. That's cool. Um at least but, not like right but the now. amount of people that knew the word was considerably less back then. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. when was when was Alan Turing's paper, Andrew? Oh man, I'm not a history guy, so I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. Where's, where's Jamie? Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it was in the 50s yeah um, I, I think you're you right know, you know the paper i'm talking about mm -hmm. yeah the, the turn test, test best and paper. right and so for the for the kids at home andrew do you want to explain what the what that what that is so the turing test is just a test for uh the event that uh, uh an intelligence arises 
to determine if something has human-like intelligence. Um, I haven't actually like seen the test myself or even tried to take it, so I don't know if I'm a human or not. I just I just score really good on the captchas, honestly. <laughs> um, well, it's the paper was entitled "Can Machines Think?" Um, but because the the definition because the term think lacks universal agreed upon scientific definition he had to change the premise of the paper to from can machines think to can machines do what we as thinking persons can do um which is have a conversation and so the the test consists uh it's it's based it's modeled after uh, i i guess an old party game called the imitation game where you'd have a a man and a woman sit in separate separate booths or separate rooms and you would write them questions and they would write back responses and the object of the game was to determine who is the man and who is the woman based on their responses and of course you can't ask like are you a woman and but the right. other you know you ask that today anyway right it's not that you're not allowed to ask they don't know the answer like, hey, hey, so with the wikipedia doesn't give me an exact date it's somewhere between 47 and 50 was right. the, th there wasn't a day they called it the Turing test, but that right. was the time period that he was. So they were, they were, and Tur Alan Turing was a mat was a mathematician and <laughs> computer scientist, and and so they were talking about these concepts even back then. But the the Turing test is like that, except in, instead of a man and a woman, it's a human being and a and a computer, and the the computer is said to pass the Turing test if the if the per person can't reliably tell the difference between right. the human and the computer. And uh, I'm sure the problems of this test are are apparent to you. So, by the way, Andrew said the CAPTCHA thing. Have you guys ever read how the CAPTCHA actually works and what it's doing? Mm -hmm. So it does things like – I read this a whole long article about it. But it, it does things as simple as it, it, it looks at your mouse movement because humans wiggle a little bit and – an AI script wouldn't, it would just, it would move in perfectly swift lines to go from here to there. And mm -hmm. if, if you go to click it and you miss and you have to come back a little bit, you're human. And it also pulls your, um, your, uh, cookies to mm -hmm. see if you go to normal websites, like, do you, do you get distracted and click on ads and stuff and move around? Or do you only go to like three websites every day? Because huh. scripts only go where they're told to go. They don't get distracted by by clickbait and crap like that. And that's actually what CAPTCHA is looking at. And by the way, every time you hit a CAPTCHA, you're teaching some AI somewhere how to be more like a human. <laughs> so good job. We're, we're, we're all still feeding Skynet as we're doing this. I'm, I'm doing my part. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, you guys, you guys see the problem with the Turing test though, right? Cool. Like it's easy to test for humans um, to like note, it's harder to test for a machine. Um, the test is inherently subjective. What well, has well, to be because there's no defined way to know based on any question, right? Like that's right, the yeah. problem because how, do you, how, how, how would, how would Elon Musk score on the Turing test? Wait, are you testing him to see if he's a machine or yeah. is he the one yeah. deciding if yeah. he's talking no. to an AI? No, I'm saying if you if you had Elon <clears throat> Musk on the other side of a terminal and you were applying the Turing test to him, what would you say he was? You right. know what I mean? And uh and Alien. this 
<laughs> and this is this is kind of the, the the crux of the the issue. Um, do you guys think we'll ever create machines that can that can think? It, I mean, how do you how do you classify think? That's uh, I mean, that's is AI going to continue to get better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it going to hit that singularity point? I don't know. Like it's going to get really damn close. I think, I think well, there's there's a there's a school of thought that says it's, that's an asymptotic line. But the right? the technological singularity is not the same as achieving artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence. But, but it's but the point is it's all it's all part of the same package. It's all part of the same bundle of goods, right? Although one assumes that if we achieve artificial general general intelligence, that will probably amount to the technological singularity, but they're not necessarily right. no, I get it. the same I get it. thing. I, I mean, but, I, I think we'll get <clears throat> close enough that it won't matter. Because what do you I, mean it won't matter? I, I think we'll create, I could see us getting somewhere to, like I said, an asymptote, like if this is the line of general intelligence and we're, you know, kind of going up and, getting forever closer to it without actually going over. But at some point, what does it matter? Because the abilities will be so closely mirrored to that of a human. Well, my point how, is, how could we tell? That's, that, that's what I'm getting right. at. Right. That's, and, and what is it, what's the difference between, you know, uh, you know, a, a human, a low IQ human versus a high IQ human or, or not. Right. Like again, my joke about Elon, Elon is clearly a bright individual but he's also socially challenged because of whatever's going on in his head. Right. So you could argue that a computer could get as smart as him and able to problem solve without the soft skills. Right. Well, or you can have a person with crazy good soft skills, but no real ability to do, you know, high level computations up here, which, the, which one is the machine going to replace? My, my issue with, with that framing of, of uh, you know getting closer and closer and closer but never achieving it that assumes that we know what the line is and that it's a matter of right. degree right it's really not it's it's a, a a machine is fundamentally different than a conscious human mind um um but as as we discussed like we you and I have the three of us have talked about this before but you know, watching that movie, The Creator, where in all those other movies where the the thrust of the story is to get you as the audience to empathize with the machine character and to root for the the characters to overcome their bigotry and and realize the the inherent personhood of the machines. I don't think the time is that far off that this is a real life issue. It's going to so, be well, a social. It's no, going to be I a social right. controversy on the order of. Uh, abortion or I can absolutely uh, see that there's going to be an advocacy woke group right and they're going to add another letter to the alphabet mafia that has to protect AI rights or something right like I can see that being a thing and and those and that could become law well I mean based on look and and this is why I say that I'm not saying that to be funny or flip there are people mostly white women (laughs) that believe dogs should be treated better than humans. Yeah. And that's kind of, they that's, ain't humans, right? That's They're exactly not even my points. Like the smartest dog I've ever been around, like, you know, a calculator is smarter than that dog from a computational capability, right? Problem solving. I mean, dogs can solve some pretty neat problems. If you're talking about like detection well, but, dogs, but you're measuring it based on in, in, in hey, hang on. intellectual I, capacity. I, I know, but I'm trying to make a point. 
it's the sum total that matters, right? And and the, those same people that would say that dogs should be treated better than humans, they anthropomorphize the living hell out of their dogs, right? They put all of these human characteristics. It's a big word. It's my $5 word for the day. Anthropomorphize it essentially means when you're putting human characteristics into something that's not a human. Um, but people do it with dogs all the time. They're like, oh, my dog is sad because I didn't take him to get a cup of fake ice cream or my dog my cat's jealous that i'm spending more time with my other cat like people do these things with their animals and everybody in the t- i have a whole bunch of people in the comments matt my dog does get jealous when no it doesn't that's not the well, way it works but but the point is people misunderstand that so right. me no knowing- he doesn't matt no he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no me knowing how badly people misunderstand the cognitive ability of a dog or a cat the the, the right. misunderstanding of what we're seeing from a quote unquote cognitive ability of a computer is going to be off the charts confused, like the, the confusion is going to be wildly rampant. Well, but but I think the confusion is largely in tying personhood to cognitive yes. ability. Yes, I mean a a, a a which is I think of I think that's a fundamental error. A dog is it might not be able to solve complex problems, but it's still having experiences. It still has motivations so is chat gpt it's not it's having experiences it is not having experiences what's what's your definition of an experience okay so the a a better way well hold actually this is the he reached for a book everybody (laughs) yeah i did um well let me hold off on this and the Um, book was on top (laughs) funny that how convenient he he reached right for the book Well, I, I was planning on reading a, an excerpt from this. It's uh, Sam Harris's The End of Faith, ironically, because he makes a really awesome point that as a Christian who likes to make arguments for God's existence, I found this great, greatly helpful. But I'm going to hold off on that for a second. But the uh, that's, a, that's a teaser. But um, to answer your question, how do I define having experiences? A, a better way to address that is to define how a computer is not having experiences. No, um, no. Hold, I disagree. Hold on. Hear me out. No, no, Yo, because you're playing the opposite game of what's a woman. Hold, no, I'm not. You have Hear to define out. what a woman is before you can tell me if you are or aren't a woman. You can't tell me. You have to define an experience before you tell me what's not. We an know. Experience. We know what it's like to have experiences because you've had them. What What does that mean? What is it? Um. Are, have you heard of the Chinese room illustration? Nope. Andrew, are you familiar with this? I'm not. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's an illustration. Me either. I, I, I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask Drake. Cause why did you not ask Drake? Cause he's well, black. I, I think so. I have, I don't have experiences, especially Chinese ones. <laughs> Drake's not a person. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to exclude you, Drake. It's cause, uh, Andrew's the, the computer science guy and Matt's the guy who's arguing with me and you were <laughs> politely letting me finish my point. And so, uh, but okay. So the, uh, if you'll accept my apology for my implicit bias. Um, <laughs> You're admitting that it was your bias. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm Here just pleading, go. I'm pleading no contest. <laughs> I want to move on. No low contendry. But uh, so the, the Chinese room illustration, imagine a guy in a room. Um, he's getting, he's getting asked questions from like customers or someone in Chinese. He doesn't speak Chinese. Okay. What he gets is a display of characters 
based on what they ask. And he has a he has an instruction book full of like flowcharts to okay this arrangement of characters with this with in combination with these characters you follow this flow chart and you provide this mm -hmm. response using chinese characters mm -hmm. and so he gets very good at matching the the inputs with the correct output right and so he can answer correctly but he had he doesn't speak a word of chinese sure. he has no idea about the content right so the people coming to the to the to the booth to ask him questions in Chinese for all they know, they're having a conversation with somebody in Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't speak a word of it. He's, he's really, that's, he's just following programming. Mm -hmm. He, in, in this scenario, this is a literal computer. Um, he's not the computer. He's just the power source. I, I disagree with that. Why? So this is where, so, okay. So I gotta, I gotta take a step back. I mean, it sounds like you're you're uh, describing how how dogs like. Well, you're describing language. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a, a dog. You give a dog a command in Chinese mm -hmm. or German or English. He's just putting context clues together. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you if you talk to a toddler in the same language, they're just putting context clues together until yep. they figure it out. So sure. that that's but, exactly right. That's where I was going. So so the, for, for the, the Brian, you asked me a question. I'm going to answer. Okay, it. go ahead. So. From my dog training background, for those that don't know, I've been dog training for about 25 years. Um, and dog trainings, it's competitive, <clears throat> canine, dogs bite people, pretty high level stuff. Um, because of this, I'm very much a behaviorist because as opposed to being a, you know, into the psychology of the dog. I don't care what the book tells me a dog is thinking. What I care about is what the dog is showing me with his behavior. And if I, to Dre's point, if I say a word or a phrase, or I point or I grunt and the dog does precisely what I wanted it to do every time consistently, the dog understands what I'm telling it to do. The fact that it can't conjugate a verb is wildly irrelevant. Well, that's Communication point, is occurring and language has been created between the two of us. But the so, difference is so while that guy doesn't speak Chinese, he speaks some version of a language that's being spoken to him in Chinese. But it's not the guy they're talking to, it's the instruction book. It that's doesn't matter. Point. You're overcomplicating it. I'm not overcomplicating it. And by signals the way, this are is being not, signals this are being sent my to analogy. the dude. Signals are being sent to the dude. I, I, so I'm not disagreeing with you that I'm disagreeing with the, with the analogy that somebody else invented. I'm just telling you I disagree with it. Because the, the, the guy is getting signals in a foreign language, and he's learning to adapt to those signals to give a response that is desired. That is literally the definition of language. Okay. But he's not, but he doesn't, there's, he's not responding to the content of the language. He's responding only to the symbols. He is not having a that's, conversation. That's all, that's, all, that's all written words are is symbols. What I think what Brian is trying to say is he's not. The guy is not <clears throat> thinking like a human is thinking. Just to your point where like a dog doesn't have to think like a human to understand the words, the, the commands that you're giving. But but the dog is still I, I, supplying I, meaning to no, Andrew, I, to I think to Andrew's no, I disagree. Point. The guy the guy has to think like a human because he is a human. He's not thinking like a dog. He's thinking like a human. He's no, just, he's not just problem like a solving. 
He's not he's, thinking like a Chinese. He's man. not even. He's not even problem solving. He's he's doing. He one hundred percent was problem solving because he went through crazy ass um, uh, in, imitation and like he's trying. He's like, does that mean this? And they get, they burned his feet. Ah, shit, not that. Okay, does that mean this? And then they whipped him. Oh crap, does that mean this? And then who oh, are you talking about? That. The guy who's taking these orders, I'm, I'm over exaggerating him being. I'm, I'm making a that was a racist we're, Chinese. We're more from about, the dog and the, and the man. His feet getting well, burned. He's but, getting paid. Whatever. Whatever the point is. The but my point is, itself, he got corrected when he did it wrong. No, you're adding that. That's the 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 point. Then is, he never figured it out if he wasn't being corrected. That's how trial and error I works. Don't, I don't think you're understanding the analogy. No, I he's think he, a, I think the, the analogy is a bad analogy, and it's not your got fault. An I'm not attacking book. you over it, but it's not that's not a correct analogy. He's got an instruction book that tells him he can't go wrong. It's really easy to follow. All he has to do, but it's in Chinese, right? So he doesn't understand the content of it, right? But he does so, interacting. He figures with, it out through trial and error. That's what I'm trying to tell he, you, man. But he, but there's but there's no error. It's I always correct. He had to have had an error at some point. He didn't just magically into uh, di divine it. No, the you're, book did. No, you're book at, this has already been figured out. He he hears he it sees has been figured out. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He can't. Uh, you're we, you're not. How do we? How it's do a we, uh... it's a fictional scenario, and you're expanding it you're adding elements that are not there and then you're arguing based on those elements if you handed a man a manual in chinese that was a perfectly designed manual it doesn't matter how perfect it was because the dude doesn't speak chinese are, are you punking me right now no are you being serious <laughs> i'm being dead serious <laughs> There is if, if if the manual is in chinese the dude doesn't speak it it doesn't matter how well you design the manual Unless it's in like okay, unless it's in like stick, unless it's in stick man, and actually shows him holding the, his hand out, and they put the thing in his hand, and then he walks it over, and he's listening to hours like, of. Okay, I don't. This is not. Okay. <laughs> I don't the, know enough the about point, the. The point of the analogy. I don't think it landed. I don't think that landed. <laughs> the point of the analogy is uh -huh. that he's basically he, what he's doing. He's at, he's functioning like a vending machine. I, I understand what it's what, what it's trying the to vending imply. Machine I just, is I, just not... I reject the analogy. That's all. Well, you're, and I'm not doing it to be difficult. It's not a good analogy. It's and whoever a, it's whoever a, came it's up a good with analogy, it, you're an idiot. Come at me. Well, the the problem with with thinking that way, man. Well, I'm not wouldn't say that there's a problem in thinking that way, but essentially, you're telling me the processor in my computer can think no. like a human being, no, because it is just receiving nope. instructions. Nope, you missed my point. I'm not missing your no. point. What I tried to say a second ago is a human cannot think like a dog because it ain't a dog. A human can only think like a human. Okay. It can act like a dog, okay. but it's still okay. thinking like a human trying to act like a dog. Okay. That's what but, I, that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to, the point I was trying to make I, with that. I don't think so, anybody's trying to argue that. How does that, that inner, because, how does that because you were saying that the... he was think he wasn't thinking like a, a person, he was thinking like a computer. And I said, No, he's not. He can't think like a computer because I you're was not saying a that he didn't learn a word of Chinese. Right. We so agree he's on that. Not, he's not involved in the conversation. There's but not a conversation. I agree with that. The, the people who come to who come to the room and ask Chinese Chinese questions mm -hmm. and get Chinese answers, mm -hmm. they're having a conversation with someone. It's just not him, it's the book. And that's where I'm disagreeing with you. He's learning to interact with them in a way that he's giving them what they want, which is what language is. It's input and output.
Language is I say words to you, you get exasperated and shrug your shoulders because you don't like my words. And then you say different words back to me. The that's, point that's is a conversation. But the so point the is, is I more understand, of a translator than it is. Yes. But I understand your words. I'm I'm frustrated because like I understand the meaning that you're having, that that you're assigning to them. Like you have there's meaning to it, there's content to your words. I'm receiving it, mm -hmm. and then I'm formulating my own words in that language to try to communicate a, a point with you. If mm -hmm. I if I was just a computer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't feel any way about it at all because I'm not experiencing it because I don't have experiences. I'm just a set of processes in a book that anybody, it I doesn't get matter that. who. I get that. So that's, if, that's the if, point. If, of the if you, if we, if we were to call that, pull the tape back, we're arguing, we're arguing past each other because I said it was language and you're saying conversation. I never said a conversation occurred. I said the language was successful. Yeah, but, but you were arguing over experience. Okay, let's, experience let's, does have to. Yeah, be yeah. Let's the let's rewind right. to the to the Turing test. And I think right? that's what we we came to this through experiential learning was how we got to this analogy. And I think that's why it broke down because this guy had to have experience for his manual to work for him. That was the point I was trying to make. So I I mean, that's where we're at on this. I don't know. Okay, Dre, do you? What do you think about the Chinese room analogy? I don't like it. Because the person still has to interact, right? Uh, I, he has to answer the question. Is the book answering all the questions? Yes. Then why is he there? Because he, he needs to hear the characters and match them with what's in the book. If they, if they could have a computer do that, they would. Because that's the same function. But the the under like, if you look at the Turing test, like how we established how do how do we define how do we know it how, how do we test if a machine is thinking? Well, is it having its own conversation to the extent that the person conversing with it can't tell the can't distinguish between the machine and, and a person? So it's that's that's how Turing defined a thinking machine. The problem with that is it's illustrated with the Chinese room experiment in which the the guy in the Chinese room, he's he's a person, but he's really just they're not having a conversation with him. They're having a conversation with the book. And in fact, they're not having a conversation with the book. They're having a conversation with whoever wrote the book. So when you're having a conversation, it, it's the same thing with when you go to a vending machine and you put the money in and you push the button, the, the machine is not experiencing, it's not having a conversation. It's not, it, it's not hearing language of, oh, he wants a Dr. Pepper. I'm going to give him a Dr. Pepper. It's just, it's, it's an inanimate object. And the, uh, the, the so, point of it. So, so guys, like, so by the so Brian, I just looked it up real quick. Um, John Searle, come at me. You're still alive. So like, if this makes it to you, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm obviously not well read on your, on this thing, but Brian, I just hit like a, a Harvard page or Stanford page. There's five, uh, solid, uh, critical responses to this. So this isn't like a perfectly accepted theory. Um, well, no, I'm, 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 I'm just reading what, what they said at Stanford. And, and it says here, the, the arguments are largely around semantics, philosophy of the philosophy of language and theories of consciousness. So, I mean, like, well, we're, 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 we're part, dipping our toe into point. a place where like, you know, classically trained philosophers are arguing about this. Yeah. I, I think, 
but you, I, I you think, think I'm wrong. I get it. And I, think, I, and I think this is a shit I think thought you're experiment. Wrong and you're, and you're introducing needless complexity to a, a simple illustration. But the, uh, the point is, I mean, that, that last part I think is, is the crux. It were, they're delving into philosophy of consciousness and, and language. And I, I think I have a very different view on how on language than you because of my behavioral slant. Well, then take the language part out of it. You could but have that's another what this analogy is. with. Um, but, that, but this is all. Let's about say, language. let's say uh, a cookbook. Say, say you're making a recipe straight from at a cookbook. Okay. And you don't. You're not a classically trained chef. You have right. absolutely no idea how to make food for anything. Sure. You follow a recipe step by step, and you make, you know, an amazing a super dish. Dish. Right. Doesn't mean you know how to cook. Correct. You just follow directions. Right. Which is essentially what a computer does. It doesn't understand uh, what it's being told. It just does what it's told. And it outputs what you're wanting. But, so, again, I, I don't know why I'm in nitpick mode, but if I'm reading a cookbook <laughs> and I'm following the, the rules or the directions and it says I have to, you know, flambe this, I have to know what the hell flambe is before I can flambe it. Yeah, when it says when it says can be programmed. When it says fold in the butter, I have to know how to fold in butter. Right. So I mean, so, by the time you're done, you do know how to. So you just want to argue about the language semantics. Is, that's that's literally what we're talking so, about is the language. Let me, let me ask you something, I'm not. Matt. <laughs> I'm let not. me ask you something, Matt. Can can machines think? No. Why? I don't know that I don't know I don't have a canned answer for it, but they don't think. They only follow they follow code. They follow directions. Yeah. Okay. I, so, I don't so have then I don't we have all a agree, canned, I don't have like... a canned answer on that. Like I don't have some like perfectly scripted paragraph. That was the point that I was trying to make earlier about thinking like a, a, a computer versus thinking like a human. But the computer's not thinking. I know, and humans are always thinking. So in in the the Chinese room thing, that guy is still thinking like a human. Are we thinking? <laughs> if we're real, the point you're missing. People, point. Listen, people listening might not think. Be, might not think we're thinking. <laughs> right. The the point of the Chinese room, or are we just following directions based on how we're programmed? It depends on if, if you follow and, John and Calvin we, or not. And we keep on. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we keep getting so much data that expands our ability to process that data. So we think we're thinking. Wait, what? Damn, I need to hit the blunt again, Doc. <laughs> so, so, are we thinking, right, or are we just taking in data and just following directions? I mean, uh, well, that we goes programmed to, early. Well, that goes like, back to the early, early, earliest philosophers, right? Like, do we exist? Like, I think, therefore, I am, right? right. If if you if you sit down and think about that, you're thinking. Like by you asking that question, all of us going instantly you're thinking like that's what that is so i mean that unless we're going to get all the way down to what is a thought and what is reality <clears throat> like i think sure. we have i think we have to that's one of those deals i think that well you have to just accept and move on otherwise well that's conversation circular right well that's the point of this conversation is because we lack those definitions we don't we don't understand the dimensions of of the discussion at all as as a society, as a as a church, um, these questions are going to be forced upon us by 
by emerging technology, while we've 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 been emotionally conditioned by our stories to think of them a certain way, we haven't really thought it through rationally. I agree and with that completely. There's, there's a there's a passage here from Sam Harris that I think is would be um it's it's worth reading. It's kind of lengthy if you'll indulge me, but I think it'll it'll be profitable for the for the How discussion. Lengthy? Uh, how many pages? A page and a half. A tiny I'll read. Print? I'll read. I could. I could have been halfway <laughs> done by now. I'm gonna do it. You're gonna like it. Um, this is from Sam Harris's "The End of Faith," page two hundred eight in the chapter on experience. Link, link will be in the description, folks, if you want to find sure. the book. Um. He writes, where there is much to be said against a naive conception of a soul that is independent of the brain, the place of consciousness in the natural world is very much an open question. The idea that brains produce consciousness is little more than an article of faith among scientists at present, and there are many reasons to believe that the methods of science will be infis- will be insufficient to either prove or disprove it. Inevitably, scientists treat consciousness as a mere attribute of certain large-brained animals. The problem, however, is that nothing about a brain, when surveyed as a physical system, declares it to be a bearer of that peculiar interior dimension that each of us experiments as consciousness in his own case. Every paradigm that attempts to shed light upon the frontier between consciousness and unconsciousness, searching for the physical difference that makes the phenomenal one, relies upon subjective reports to signal that an experimental stimulus has been observed. The operational definition of consciousness, therefore, is reportability. But consciousness and reportability are not the same. Is a starfish conscious? No science that conflates consciousness with reportability will deliver an answer to this question. To look for consciousness in the world on the basis of its outward signs is the only thing that we can do. To define consciousness in terms of its outward signs, however, is a fallacy. Computers of the future, sufficiently advanced to pass the Turing test, will offer up a wealth of self-report. But will they be conscious? If we don't already know if we don't already know, their eloquence on the matter will not decide the issue. Consciousness may be a far more rudimentary phenomenon than our living creatures in their brains, and there appears to be no obvious way of ruling out such a thesis experimentally. Almost done. And so while we may know many things about ourselves in anatomical, philo- blah, 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 physiological, and evolutionary terms, we currently have no idea why it is like something to be what we are. The fact that the universe is illuminated where you stand, the fact that your thoughts and moods and sensations have a qualitative character is an absolute mystery, rivaled only by the mystery famously tr- articulated by the philosopher Schelling that there should be anything at all in this universe rather than nothing. The problem is that our experience of brains as objects in the world leaves us perfectly insensible to the reality of consciousness, while our experience as brains grants us knowledge of nothing else. Given this situation, it is reasonable to conclude that the domain of our subjectivity constitutes a proper and essential sphere of investigation into the nature of the universe, as some facts will be discovered only in consciousness in first-person terms or not discovered at all. Um, So, I mean... the 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 tldr of that is is we don't know what consciousness is and it's a fool's errand to try to define it um i i would leave out that last part um but it's uh well i wouldn't i wouldn't say sam harris's point is that it's a fool's errand it's that it can only be experienced it can only be known subjectively um and the the takeaway from that is that you know we 
we don't know what consciousness is in objective empirical scientific terms we only know about it because right. we're conscious right. so if we ever did somehow create a thinking machine how would we know about it um we wouldn't it'll tell us it'll it'll tell us but but we have to trust it at the same right. time yeah I, I i i mean i i think i'm totally cool with that it's kind of like you know the 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 legal definition of porn you know it when you see it right but whether or not we do that is entirely it, it depends entirely on the philosophical presuppositions you bring to the question i agree if if i agree with that completely and i, if, I, I go ahead i know yeah. where you're going but go ahead if the idea that we can like well so far we don't know how to reverse engineer consciousness we don't know how to reverse engineer the human brain to create consciousness right even where we know consciousness exists the idea that we're that we'll be able to create it by artificial means is frankly a religious idea it's it's not a religious it's not a like, like lowercase r religious idea not a right it's it it's 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 a it's an atheistic religious idea it's a matter of faith it's predicated on the on the belief that there's nothing transcendent about consciousness there's nothing there's no there's no god needed to create life that consciousness itself is just an emergent property of mechanistic processes that in theory we could we could reproduce artificially um there was a there's a book published in 1990 but i i know so i i, I want to leapfrog because i you're essentially getting at the point of consciousness exists because of our our soul which is which, well, which, which what makes us unique specifically from a computer but from other animals but i would so then i would argue that our redheads conscious <laughs> Yes, because um, they have all of our souls with every freckle. <laughs> oh, <dang>. <laughs> <laughs> They're hyperconscious. Yeah, that's right. Matt, yeah. Matt's Matt's picking on me. For no, I wasn't. I mean, I I knew where you were going, and I and I get it. I I I thought you were taking a dig at my my redhead streak from thirty years ago. Oh no, I wasn't even going there. I was okay. just taking a shot at gingers in general. That's yeah. fun. Well, <laughs> it's like of... it's like the one of it's like it's like the single like accepted racism <clears throat> in the world unilaterally yeah. we're, we're all allowed to make fun of gingers in I, england I, they're called gingers gingers <laughs> the ginga I, I know you were joking but just as a point of clarification the 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 words translated as soul in the bible in greek it's from psyche and in hebrew it's uh nefesh which essentially just means mind so like it's not so it's it's it means the same thing as consciousness so serious um, question, do either of those two definitions or words, do they, are they predicated on the, 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 what's the, what's the right language the the two, two parts or the three parts, you know, what I'm talking about, um, the whole body, mind and soul. Well, or, or no, it's soul spirit. What is the, you know, well, it's about? soul, spirit and body. Yeah. Soul, spirit, spirit, body. spirit is from Numa or ruach with both which both just mean breath or wind mm -hmm. and it's it's arguable if they they even thought Should of be them separated as separate or not. yeah I right know. i i watched the heiser short on it that's so like i'm an expert right i, I stayed at right. a holiday in yeah so um, so andrew or for for those that might not know what we're talking about uh, most christians 
and I guess maybe all religious people have kind of always thought of the human existence as having three parts. There's the, 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 the body yourself, and then there's a soul and then a spirit and they're separate. And then there's people that say there's only two, there's the, the soul and then the body and the spirit is the soul. And that was what I was getting at is I didn't know if any of those words required or pre-assumed three parts versus two parts. It was just a, a technical question yeah. to understand where we were going with that. I I would say three parts, but not in the sense people talk about. Like there's nothing about the the, the uses of those words that indicate a, a consciousness that's that will that exists independently of the body or survives the death of the body. Um, when in the book of Genesis, when it talks about when it mentions God creating the living creatures, the the Hebrew is living nefesh or she nefesh. So it the, to the question of do animals have souls well i don't know what that means we don't have souls we are souls and animals are also souls they're they're living they're k nefesh um there's even a part there's a verse in leviticus that mentions uh how to handle a dead a, a dead body and it says a dead nefesh so the the person so it it just means nefesh typically means soul in the Liv sense of a of a self a living thing a, 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 a living organism yeah an organism yeah. or a self or the, or the mind or well the and that goes back to like isn't there some verse a couple of verse where where god is referred to as you know the giver of breath or something like that and that some and there's something to that well, when he creates Adam, it says that this he, he breathed life into, into yeah. Adam's nostrils and he became a living being. Yeah. Which is which is central to our, our discussion here is you know, does inanimate dust become animate just with the breath of life? Know, just just by its own right. processes. Are we, are we are we just like like clay golems right. until until God breathes life in, into and, us and then we become humans? And and we've talked about and in previous discussions, we talked about, uh, I, I've gave my little TED talk about how there's really only two religions in the world. Right. Um, for uh, for the audience at home who might not have heard that, and for, for Andrew, if you're wanting to run down, basically, you have uh, the, the universe, the the the, di the, the difference between universe is in what's in what's eternal is it in monotheism god alone is eternal and the universe can, is contingent upon him in eastern religion or what we might first you know for shorthand call eastern religion the universe alone is eternal and all consciousness and life within it are emergent properties of the universe um and so in hinduism the thinking and also, this is kind of important. In the book of Genesis, God creates by separating opposites. He just he distinguishes light from dark to make time, up from down to create space, dry land from water to create earth. He separates each of the 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 animals uh, proliferate each according to their kind. He All in six days. Female. <laughs> um, These are working, dude. But uh, but the point of it is twenty-four hour days. <laughs> existence started out as formless and empty um and then it was differentiation and at each stage god said it is good and at the end of it, it said, he said it is very good in hinduism where they believe that um the universe everything that emerged from the universe we're all ultimately one and the goal is to 
you know, they believe we're, we're on a constant cycle of samsara, life, death, and rebirth, and constant reincarnation. And this is a curse to be escaped. The goal is to achieve enlightenment by realizing that your individual identity is an illusion and that you're one with you're one with Brahman. Every, everything is all one. Yeah. Right. And when you actualize this understanding and see past the illusion, then you escape the cycle and you're absorbed back into the one. So the it's the opposite of what the Bible says is good. What the Bible says is good. This says is ultimately bad and to be escaped. And the goal is to go back into being formless and empty. Um, I just had another thought about, about, uh, I got to cut you off, Brian, because this, well, this, I'm trying to not trying to be completely funny and flip, but <clears throat> if, if God created everything in hard days and 24 hours and seven days is perfect, how, then why does, why do we have to have leap years? True. What God couldn't figure out how to round that off evenly. Is that it? Are you serious? I'm being dead now? serious. <laughs> if if you're if you're if you're if you're reading Genesis literally as a young Earth creationist, and you believe that he created the Earth, the the the, the universe in six days, and then on the seventh day he rested, that means that you believe God created the seven day week. And if God created the seven day week, and the way we divide them because of years, we're we're left with hanging seconds. They had to add a leap second not too long ago. Well, because I'm not because a young the calendar is imperfect. No, that's I'm asking it. I'm asking those out there, somebody who is one, how do you reconcile leap years? But I if I were a young earth creationist, um, which I'm not, so this is not a problem for me, but um but if I was, I would say that the idea of a solar year is a human like he God created the sun, moon, and stars to be for times and seasons mm -hmm. and years. That's the cosmic clockwork. Right. But the the denominations are human constructs. Um humans decided to make it a solar year and to and to Okay, like but even if even if but we have but they're but they're they're still the week is still biblical. The week, sure, the, yeah. the month and the year might not be, but the week is, but well, we don't have 52 weeks. <clears throat> like it doesn't round. We have no, to, we add. just, we just, we just don't know what that week is. So the, the construct is, well, we'll just say that this is, and, and, you know, we will go, but, ahead say, but, but the early one, the seventh, but day. hang on, because the early biblical year was 364 days, right? It was 360 days. It was three, six, it was I a, thought it was 364. It was a lunar calendar based on uh, the new moon, which appeared roughly every 30 to 29 days. Um, and so uh, there's reason to believe they had a separate agricultural calendar that was solar as distinct from the, the religious calendar, which was lunar because it was based on the new moon. But Mike, it's a rabbit hole. I, 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 this obviously yeah. just popped in my head just now. I just, yeah. was, as you were That's... talking, I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, I was the meme with, you know, the chick with the shapes <laughs> and the geometry flying around and stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, thank, thank you for that, Matt. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for the detail. Hey, somebody that could help me out with that. Like what's going on with leap years and leap seconds. I would, I, I would, I don't know how to I, get back now. Where if I, were lost, now I need the GPS. If I <laughs> were a young left. earth creationist addressing that question, I would say that the burden is on you to explain why that's, why that's an imperfection at all. Well, that's a cop out have... of an answer. Is it? No, no, nobody come at me with that answer. That's a, that's a weak answer. I stand by it. Oh, stand by why, it then. Why is it, why is it a flaw in the, in the, 
Like, why does it, why does it all have to fit together perfectly? Yeah, why does it have to be perfectly symmetrical? Because yeah, it is. It's, it's a but feature, it's... not a bug. Dog. <laughs> it's a feature. <laughs> leap your, he's like, congratulations. <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he had some purpose for leap years or intercalary months or. What do you do when you get to the top? You go over the top. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> um, but uh, so Hindus think, think that the uh, individual identity is an illusion where um, Buddhists believe that identity itself is an illusion. It's not just that the self is indistinguishable from Brahman, but the self itself is an illusion. And the, the goal is non-being. Um, so in the movie the creator i think it's no coincidence that they're all that they're all buddhists they're you actually have robots at, at buddhist temples wearing robes doing the the chants and stuff um which speaks they, to the do they do kung fu uh there there's some hand-to-hand -hand combat going on they did it was more like a john wick sort of oh like gunfighting they had like Shaolin. robot cops so i think it was more like I think it was in the Philippines, so it would have been like Kali or something. Kali. To, or, but, to me, um, Brian, it sounds like uh, your hang-up on the movie is the social part of everybody um, trying to like legislate stuff to the or, or, or the bad guys are the ones that um, want to legislate things f for the AIs, but I don't um, this is just me, you know, my ideas and stuff and where I see AI going. I don't think we get to that point in like in the movie where we have bipedal human looking robots that are AIs running around. You don't anywhere. think we so ever get that far? I, I, I don't think it go. I think we get further than that. I don't think it goes in that direction, if that makes sense. Um, the sex well, robots are going to disagree with you. Well, the sex robots already exist. I think that they're already going to point uh, uh, put all the uh, OnlyFans models out of business uh, <laughs> with the quickness. Uh, so uh, that's, I think that's a, a lot hot of take. well, <laughs> I I, th I think a lot of dads are going to be happy about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if um, if you have an AI in your pocket right now that you or that uh, what are the, the what what are these websites? Science. The link, the Dad's going to be happy the link because will not he's be not in the a description pedophile? below. No, he's saying because, <laughs> no, because daughters won't be doing Because your daughter's not going to be doing on OnlyFans I, anymore. I, I know what he meant. <laughs> I I having two daughters. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just saying. I'm I, pretty I, sure I neither of my OnlyFans can't be positive. Well, I mean, but my my, cons don't, my don't concern isn't specifically. <laughs> My concern isn't specifically humanoid robots walking around with with human rights in real time and and you know suing me for as if it's a person or my my concern is how humanity collectively responds to this and every like if we haven't thought these 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 things through we like like I said before we don't we don't use we don't arrive at our beliefs by rational processes we we're kind of emotionally conditioned into them um 
that time is going to arrive when I think, I think specifically Christians as a church, we need to think through this stuff. We need, we need to come to a, an understanding on what it would mean if we're, if we're dealing with AI as if they are people, um, if people are, uh, and it's not just that, but it's, it's the, it's the distinction between reality and simulation itself. Um, like we already can't, you know, we don't know if we're dealing with an actual, there's a conspiracy theory out there that the entire internet is an AI simulation. Like there are no people out there. Um, I, I don't believe it, but I think it's, uh, it does raise interesting questions about. Well, that's a uh, weird theory though. Cause I mean, I've met people off the internet. Well, there's tons of thoughts, thought experiments, right. Where, you know, we're in a simulation right now or, um, and in a lot it... of ways we are, um, we, uh, this kind of plays into in our conversation about occultism a few weeks ago, we talked about a, a principle from Western occult tradition, uh, summed up in the word abracadabra. Um, the, the term predates the Kabbalah, but the Kabbalists developed it to, and it's, it's an Aramaic phrase that means as I speak, I create. Mm -hmm. And it, um, conveys the, the, the act of God speaking the universe into existence. He says, let there be, and, and, and it was, and then Adam participated with, with God's process of creation, not by creating ex nihilo, not by creating out of nothing, but by naming the animals. And, he, he introduced a primitive system of tax of taxonomy by doing so. Um, and in the, the Kabbalistic exploration of this concept, they observed that we like much of human society, uh, the economy, uh, governments, institutions, art, um, national epic stories. These are all con much of what makes up our life as humans is a construct of language. So in that sense, it it is, we do live in a simulation and this is so, you know, we're so familiar with this that we, we don't even think about it. It's like the fish thinking about being wet. Um, but we, we've taken it to the point now that we believe that, you know, all of reality is socially constructed. If you, if you create a culture in which boys can become girls and girls become boys, um, people bought, people think that's real. People don't make the distinction between uh, that kind of a subjective perception. And but it's not even that, that they don't make a distinction. That doesn't, all of those things that you said doesn't lead to we're well, in a let simulation. Me, well, hold on. I'm not saying that. My point is that we've, we've come to a point where they, they think that, you know, internal subjective perception is reality. And if that's the case, and if we're, and if AI is generating things for us that we're interacting with and subjectively, if I really feel like my, ro my robot girlfriend loves me, well, isn't that just as good as a real woman? I, I think that's I really the key, just as good, um, where, where the, the reality doesn't, doesn't have to match up anymore. I, I I think I what, what's where we're going is is scary generationally because what um generations from now when people don't remember 
how we got here, when people don't remember where AI started, and all they know is that there's a machine that knows more than them. There's a machine that can give them every answer that they're looking for. There is a prompt that can give them essentially the secrets of the universe. And once you have a source that gives you the secret of the universe, don't you sort of start treating that source as it's as if it's superior to you and if it's superior to you isn't it worth worship and then if you start worshiping it it becomes its own religion and its own thing and have you seen the the tv show c on apple tv with uh mm -hmm. jason mamua i just I thought of it i didn't now. finish it but i've, I've watched some of so it. so basically there was some kind of war or, or you know apocalypse and everybody became blind or they they were forced underground everyone became blind and when they emerged nobody could see so then the religion so it's, came it's like plato's allegory of the cave it sounds like and if you if you can see then it means that you're kind of a demon right so See, seeing being able to to see things with your eyes is is evil and they and they built an entire religion on this so if you are able to see you have to act like you can't and then it just kind of kind of goes as as people evolve back into sight the the, the mm -hmm. show kind of kind of goes but but it's just because we're so quick to lose knowledge and it goes back to even having technology that'll that makes you not think anymore well so so later of, on down the road we're we're not going to be thinking and and the machine is going to endure probably and here we yeah. are at so, the at the at the feet of of technology so, so i i get what you're saying and i like i it was it was i i hadn't thought of it that way that's pretty cool the one thing i would are you talking to dre to dre about, yeah about what he just said i i mean that was i hadn't thought of that I two thought of it just as we're sitting here. Yeah, no, that was cool. Two two things. One, that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier to Brian about will we ever make general intelligence? And my point was, I mean, we, my we point of that, that asymptotic line was we'll get close enough that what does it matter, right? Because if it looks like a duck, acts like quack, quacks like a duck, you know what I mean? Like who cares that it's actually a swan? It's like, it's duck-like, like shoot it. You know what I mean? Right. It's a witch. It floats, you know, kind of thing. Like it, that, there, to me, there's some level of, is it AI or not? It's like, well, what does it matter? Can it do all the things that you would need a human to do mostly? And it fills that void for whatever reason you need it to do that. Then like, cool. It, it, to create a, 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 a test just for the sake of a test seems foolish to me. That's what I was well, trying to say earlier. That well, the first part of what Dre just said kind of helped me cons more concisely answer that earlier point. That kind of, I had a, another half of the thought I was making um, when, when Dre mentioned, uh, you know, worshiping AI, but your, your point kind of brings me back to that. Um, if you, if you haven't thought these, these things through and the simulation is just as good as a real thing, but also if you if you don't believe God exists and consciousness itself is just an emergent property of mechanistic processes, there's nothing transcendent about it, then the simulation really is no different than the real well, thing. Well, remember the sequence in the matrix, right? When the dude's like, plug me back in, 
but right. Cause he's like, I want to, I, I know it's a simulation and I don't care. Like it right. was better than what I'm dealing with out here. So I'd rather eat a steak and, you know, live that nice life because it, it triggers my happy stuff but in do, my brain. Do you not see how degrading that is to, to, to human dignity? If, if we treat machines as equal to humans, nobody's thinking about treating them equally, dude, you're, you're making a weird jump. I was responding well, to a, to a specific question. Will we on, ever create the artificial path, intelligence? The path to that though? We are on the path to so treat them equally. And then that path leads to the, we, us the treating worship. them as superior to us. I, I, I get that. I, right. To me, but these are, these are, these are separated things is what I'm trying to get at. Like okay. this one question of, will we make artificial intelligence or not? That's that's a separate conversation to what should we then do with that artificial intelligence? Like I'm just addressing it. Like I, I, I my point was is if it's like ninety nine percent artificial intelligence, cool. It's artificial intelligence. Well, like what's but, gained by requiring the Turing test to be to be solved? Is what I was trying to get at. Well, that's, and, or even seventy percent. Right. And my right. answer to that though is that. If you do, if you don't already know the answer to the question, will we create machines that can think? At no point will you know that answer. And where you come down philosophically right now is going to determine how you answer that question. If you if you believe that God exists and that that consciousness itself is something transcendent um, and not just the emergent property of mechanistic materialistic prop processes then you know that we never will that's never going to happen we'll never create machines that can think um unless we solve the brain body problem that that sam harris was talking about mm -hmm. and figure out in scientific terms what consciousness actually right. is right but again whether or not that ever happens is an entirely a philosophical faith-based question I, I i agree and that's and i think and and it, but if you don't believe dogmatic, God exists, right? well, but there will come a time when we need practical answers to these questions. We're going to have to figure out what to do as a society over like, should, you know, is it, is it going to be, are you going to be charged with murder if you unplug a, a server and a, and a, and an AI dies? Yeah. I mean, that's a, right. That's a real question. That's going to, that's going to come up if we. If we don't figure it out before, Andrew, what was that? What was that Netflix series you and I both watched, where the the rich people could live forever by injecting their consciousness into another body? Oh, um, altered carbon. Altered carbon. Yeah, yeah. You guys Get watched that? I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's another. This is but the other side of this, right? Yeah. Well, those aren't AI though. Those are they. Yeah. Actually, that is that that actually is right. the human consciousness. Right. Right. But they've. Uh, Supposedly, but they were moving them yeah. into synthetics. Allegedly, right? weren't well, weren't they moving? They were moving them into synth bodies, and then that was a different question: is if you could take the human consciousness and put it into a synthetic house, is that a person or not? Are are you still you? Right. That, that that's that's the other side of the same conversation. Yeah. Now, well, I I, I want to go back to what Dre was talking about on the worshiping the AI stuff, but yeah. because I mean we've kind of already had that technological leap in our lifetime with the internet and google i would say because i mean before the internet i would say you know that's you know from stone age way past the bronze age like pre-internet you're just as smart as you you're gonna be studying but post-internet with google 
I mean, essentially, you're one of the smartest human beings on Earth because you have a, a, a library of all human intelligence in your pocket at all times with your phone. And, I mean, nobody's... I would say we all use it. I wouldn't say we all worship the internet at that point. So I feel I feel like uh, in the future it'll it'll just be a tool that is used. I don't know necessarily know if we'll worship it. That's why I say um, I don't think we'll ever get to. But the Google point. can't talk to you right now. What if Google right. could talk to you and you could have a conversation with Google? I mean, that could be different. I, I, I still, I still don't think I, I, so the, the crucial part, like the movie that Brian's talking about is human beings. And he, he was saying that humans uh, behave emotionally. The only reason that I feel like humans would legislate for AI rights and things like that is if we have that connection that we see like you were saying the the robots with human-like body bipedal bodies that look like us and have emotions like or at least look like they have emotions like they us. can simulate emotions mm -hmm. like us yeah 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 like i think that would elicit some kind of emotional response from people to want to like legislate something towards that i don't think we get to that part uh i i don't think that happens i think what about it, a sex AI, i i mean they're already they already exist like and they uh, look they look and you know no i'm not talking feel. about like a real life one i'm talking about like so i, I i've told matt i i haven't told y'all uh microsoft released a, a technology like last month called autogen and Nobody made a big deal about it, and I don't really understand why, because it's kind of just as groundbreaking as OpenAI's ChatGPT. Um, Autogen essentially uh, is a framework for AI, different AIs to, or the same AIs to work together. So you can essentially build a dev team of AIs that sit there and talk to each other. Um, so for instance, uh, the, the demonstration that was given was a guy prompts autogen, which had two AIs that had a Python AI and chat GPT. And it used the Python AI as development and chat GPT as like the test and the, um, the CEO of the dev team pretty much. And, uh, it, was prompted with, you know, give me the the futures or whatever, whatever. Uh, give me like a uh, what's it called? A graph of Tesla versus Microsoft in this span of time, which was like the last month. Well, ChatGPT is not hooked up to the internet currently, or well, they say it's not, and. Uh, it can't go Allegedly. out into the internet, right? <laughs> Essentially, it can't go out into the internet and find the information that you're looking for. So it talked to the Python AI and said, hey, I can't reach the internet. Make a script that scrapes those websites to give me that information. And so it generated a script that did that. And it says, here's the information that you asked for. 
what do you want me to do with it? So ChatGPT was like, okay, I can do something with this. Now make a script that goes out and finds graphics for this graph. And they sit there and talk back and forth to, to work around yeah, a, a to, shortcoming, basically. To get around me not being hooked up to the internet. So, I mean, essentially the, the genie's kind of out of the bottle already on the stuff. Um, I'm not going to say it's like full on Terminator mode yet or anything like that, but I don't see, I don't see it. I don't see it essentially like uh, us ha growing that crazy emotional attachment. So where we start legislating over stuff like that, I see human beings using it as a tool for bad <laughs> and us legislating stuff towards the 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 bad use of ai if that makes sense i think that we have a tendency to defer to authority and if we keep losing people that have this authority and only machines do because we just stop learning because we've, ab we've abdicated it to them and told them I mean, go create policies and regulate we, this we do we're, we're so credentialists in everything that we do today right they mm -hmm. trust the science mm -hmm. and then there's a guy that says i am the science which means you only trust him right um but as, as soon as we as you say abdicated to to just machines then then they're going to be that authority and then they're going to be the ones actually legislating us. That's 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 probably a lot more realistic than the. I worship. see that happening. And, and then I guess you could you could argue that then are we splitting hairs about who's worship? What, what is it worship or is it sure? Just, and, are you following I, the king kind I of use, thing? Right. And I use worship loosely. Yeah, right? you didn't I, mean like okay. bow down, but you meant right, do what yeah. you were told and obey. But, and... but you are going to do what you're told because there's also going to be real life threats. Yeah, there's well, going mean, to be real viruses that can be released into the world. There so, be real... so Dre, I don't know that we're far from what you're saying there because think about like you know everybody likes to talk about Facebook and you know the moderators and all of that, but so much of that is scripted. Right. So if you do something right. wrong on Facebook, there it's basically a bot that catches you and puts you in timeout. And there's right. no way to to you can't <laughs> call. There is no Facebook help desk. I don't know if you guys know this or not. There is like no way for for you know B Irvin to talk to a human at Facebook. Not not B Irvin. Not B Irvin. There's yeah. not a way for not well, that's well, double negative. Not so there. yeah, that's not exactly. my identity, guys. But you can't. But me. like, so that's already a thing, right? Like you, you, you say the wrong phrase or put the wrong image on your Facebook, and you get put in timeout, and your account gets suspended. And if you do it too many times, your account is permanently revoked. So to a certain degree, we, that's already happening. And, and if culture continues down that path. It's going to be the norm everywhere. Right. And we won't, and we won't know the difference. And I think that was something Brian was going to earlier, where he was talking about how you know we don't make you know conscious logical decisions. We we look to be told how to feel about things, and we've all accepted that Facebook just gets to dictate to us what we can and can't do. And everybody just kind of shrugs their shoulders and go, okay, except for those few patriots out there at rumble, right? Like with the exception of that kind of a scenario, um, you know, we're all just going along. And so it's already happened to a certain degree and no, and, and even though people like us will be like, Hey, and then you just go back to do it and any to go to get to good to doing whatever they say. And they, and they legislated in, 
in chunks, right? So I right. mean, just recently, yeah, with the whole gender affirming in California, of course, that's not a popular thing across the nation. So well, the governor of California just vetoed it. Right. So that was good. So which is or how about that thing that, that Russell Brand's been said. talking about with the whole uh, what's it called the uh, internet trustworthy. Tr- you guys know what I'm talking about, right? But my, but my point no. is, is that is oh, that man. it goes out there, and then they're like, okay, they're not ready for that, so we'll reel it back. So, and then eventually, a law such as something that we that nobody agrees with today, you know, two years from now, three because years they from now, one that they they floated the balloon to see yeah, how hard we we're going to push back, so but then it's like, already okay. out there. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, yeah. now we'll just now we'll just tailor it so that it'll be okay with them and and a machine who can read uh, th- that feedback faster mm-hmm. and better is, is going to come up with that yeah. solution a lot quicker. Think, think about, think about the, you know, all of the data that, that the, the databases and the, the data lakes from all of the polling that's done. Right. So sure. these, these polling systems are out there asking people their opinions on all these things. Right. So it can, it's learning in real time, how, how much people, how, how strongly on a scale of one to 10, do you care about this and that? Right. And they're like, oh, okay, very good. Right. Well, and then to your point, as that number moves they are like, Hey, once they're within a four, they won't push back anymore. When they're a five or higher, they'll push back. But the minute they fall to four, we can, we can change that law. So, well, so then but, all the evil people that Andrew was just talking about there, yeah. this, we're going to have an elite squad of, of people just of a computer a small scientists. number. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're already well, at using... least guys with a with a pistol to a computer scientist's brain, right? <laughs> well, and they're already using bots to try to move the Overton window. That's exactly what direction. I'm getting at. Yeah, that's um, exactly what like we're... when people say that Twitter is not real life. When a, a, a lot of that stuff is real life, but they use just enough not real life yep. to get people to change their mind because we're not rational creatures. Whenever right. there's a movie being advertised on Facebook. I always go down to the comment section and it's always like the same kind of uh, like contentless enthusiasm for it. Can't wait to see this movie. Yeah. Um, I loved so-and-so in, in this movie and it's, it's, it's just this, nobody is like crapping on it. Nobody is like, man, what this stupid movie again, except for me, some, but it always <laughs> goes to the bottom. And, um, and it gets deleted ever right away. <laughs> Brian just cracks his knuckles and he's like, time Actually. to get to work. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, it, it's apparent just when you watch the news, right? You can change the channel and they're literally saying the exact same thing as if they're reading from an AI script. Right. Well, like think about like when the Sound of Freedom came out, right? Right. Right wing extremist fantasy, whatever all yeah. that language yeah, was they kept using. It's like, dads, really? Yeah. <laughs> revenge revenge fantasy or whatever it was yeah whatever weird language these i so So, i talking about movies i just watched uh the pope's exorcist this weekend i thought it was a really cool movie um i thought it was really fun as fun as an exorcist movie can be but it was it was it was it was it was worth the watch right well i just happened to see it pop up in my facebook feed you know shocker and to brian's point i i I, i'm a comment junkie right so i jump in the comments and there was all these people saying weird things about it that didn't make any sense like there 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 was criticism and feedback on the movie that didn't align to the movie they were like it was woke woke there was nothing woke about it like exorcism is like anti-woke 
You know, it's like super yeah. old school conservative. People it's, are trying to call the, the Vatican that's, woke that's, now. Say again, Dre. Is, is people trying to call the Vatican woke now? Well, so it be, means that ca- is, Catholicism. This is Pope wasn't. To it. Not the Pope in this movie. I don't want to spoil it because it's a relatively right, 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 new right. movie. But that the, this Pope was a G. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like this Pope was kind of he was he was cool. Um yeah. and the, and and the main character was awesome. So uh it, it's Spartac it's not Spartacus, it's uh Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, it's uh Maximus. Maximus, yeah. Decimus Maximus. He's hilarious in the movie. His character is just it's a fun it's fun like it's 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 a fun exorcist movie um so i recommend everybody go watch it i'll I'll, link will be in the description but uh yeah it was just weird brian to your point there was a whole bunch of like body kinds of feedback and i think they said that because it's a religious movie so let's say it was woke yeah and then that'll get people fired up you know and it was like "Mm, i don't think you know what woke means and there was a lot of them those comments (laughs) and then there was bots responding to bots it was a really weird kind of thing they don't want conservatives finding a movie that appeals to conservatives and rallying around it. Cause then that interferes with them uh, moving the window where they want it. Well, again, I don't, I don't know that it was a conservative movie. This one specifically, it was, it was, it was religious in nature because of the, the was, it matter, pro, was it pro Catholic? Did it, it was, did it portray the Catholic church in a positive light? It did both at the same time. And I can't explain that without giving away a, a the right. main thrust of the but, movie. But that's, but that's my point. What it, what, it, what it, what it, what it, what it, what it, what it showed was part of the church was being governed by younger people that weren't as supernaturally aware as the old guard. Hmm. So but, but, I, it, it I, wasn't so much woke. It was young. It was I just because 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 the the, the the well it was depicting the the young generation as being naive and not as naive, enlightened naive as that's that's the, what it was the showing older generation that's that's when, what it was it wasn't woke it was naive right. yeah. which is the opposite yeah which is why the people who want more woke movies who want to move the Overton window farther left they don't want a movie that depicts the patriarchy in a positive light that depicts with you know the wisdom of an older but this, generation but, but the older generation were the good guys so that's, that's my point what, this wasn't woke that was that's yeah we're, that's, we're saying the same thing but that's but, but but it doesn't matter if the movie's woke or not if conservatives rally around the film then it's automatically gone right so it, it could be like sound of freedom is a pretty universal thing right we're talking yeah, about th- kids that's being that's saved. my point most yeah, people don't like the idea of kids being sold into sex trafficking like that's that's a that's a good that's a good litmus test yeah. The, the, By the way, if you like that, like, go away. Like, don't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> or, or actually, or send me. me send me an email and give me your address. So let's have actually, a conversation about go it. Go ahead actually, and dox me. Keep, and show up. Keep li- <laughs> keep listening and let every word we say sink in. Actually, um, but um, no. My my what I was saying was that this was this was robots recognizing yeah. this movie is not consistent with our programmer's agenda. And yeah. so we need I, to discredit it for the people who would like it by calling it woke. Yeah, but like I said, it was just weird because it didn't fit. That that's the only yeah. point I was trying to make. Is I think bots just pick shit at random and try to make a make something out of nothing so they can make traction. There was an important point I wanted to make about AI and the the religious connotations. Well, damn it, man! Um, it's been two hours. Make your damn point. Andrew's having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Like I said, the question of whether a machine can think, it's largely a religious question. Um, 
that's an opinion. That's that's a, a take. Am I wrong? Finish it though. Take it. Take your take. But have a take. Don't suck. That's that's kind of the flip side of a common uh, atheistic objection to to religion is you can't prove God's existence scientifically. Um, they don't they right. don't say that explicitly. No, they do. So they do. So, they do. No, they do. Times, but, I, I hear it. But but uh, but what we're talking about with God is a consciousness who exists external to humanity. Um. You can't prove you exist scientifically, according to Sam Harris himself in the end of faith, that that other consciousness exists other than your own is outside of the realm of science. All of like the very empathy that these movies are playing upon, they want you to they want you to empathize with a with a machine as if it's a person. Um they're basically inverting the prejudices that they bring to the question of God um, because you can't prove God scientifically. It's not, it's not a valid belief according to them, but you also can't prove the existence of AI science of, of a thinking machine or any consciousness outside of your own scientifically. So it's kind of, I mean, how you approach this question is kind of a Rorschach test for what you believe about God. Um, I think I, I agree with that. Sure. I think, I think yeah, that's a better way to put it. Absolutely. I, I think, I think 99% of the time a person is going to have an opinion about artificial intelligence that comes down a line to whether or not they believe in God. I think that's well, probably a really good way to put that. What if eventually we could, does that make us God? If we can, create, God? if we can create AI. Yes. If that's an interesting point you raise. <laughs> Which I mean, I wanted to talk about this. You're did welcome. You guys, did you guys want to wrap up? Am I? No. I mean, we're, if you've we're got close. another point, we, I mean, we're we're coming up on two hours. So, um, well, it, this uh, this will be like ten minutes ish of straight you talking. Can, no, you, uh, I'm factoring in your interruption. Okay. Okay. Um. It's called the physics. It's a book called "The Physics of Immortality." It was written in 1994 by okay. uh, Frank Tipler and John Darrow. Links uh, in the description. A couple of uh, theoretical physicists, where they oh, lay out what's known as the uh, what they called <laughs> what's what's that? Andrew Andrew just got a little shiver when you said they're theoretical <laughs> physicists. Um, There's so many thought experiments that theoretical physicists dream up. Um, well, this one you'll like. It's in the description it's... of their title. I know. <laughs> I better like it. That's all I'm saying. Um, well, I, I don't like it, but it's, it's it's interesting and relevant to the discussion, and it speaks to the longer-term ramifications of the issue. They believe that, according to Moore's law, <clears throat> no relation that I know like, of. Like, these guys got laws? Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of laws, actually. I got a whole city. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's on my fridge. Lillian cannot <laughs> right. use the phone. Did you hear what Andrew said? He's got a whole city. Yeah, you guys got laws. We got a whole damn city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, fourth street. Right. Well, in this city, there is a law that that, that applies to everywhere um, called Moore's law. That that computing power doubles every year, mm-hmm. um, which is most which is mostly hell true, according to this. They claim. Artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence is inevitable. Um, Just based on Moore's law. 
Right. Right. Um, okay. Because they define themselves as materialist reductionists who regard human brains as just wet machinery and consciousness as the programming running on it. And it's only a matter of time before we reverse engineer it and recreate the same effect and create artificial general intelligence. When this happens, this will be the next step in human evolution. Uh, it will be alive just in the same sense that we are alive and therefore lay claim to the same rights and privileges as any sentient human being. Um, being alive and intelligent, it will be able to replicate itself and improve upon itself. And it will continue to do this long into the future to the point that it will have mastered all the laws of physics obtained all knowledge there is to have which they define as and, and when it achieves this it will be they call this the omega point when this computer essentially becomes god um being omniscient so, and omnipotent so, so, so that's crazy so they're saying all of that and not only could it happen they've said they say all of this is a foregone eventuality period yes that's um, that's a fascinating premise. Well, it's a hot take, but, right? <laughs> we won't be around to see it, but it's a hot take. Well, but having done this, it will. And that, by the way, this is to answer the question of the uh, the riddle posed by fine tuning. Um, cosmic fine tuning is the observation by physicists. It sounds like a religious word. It sounds like something Christians and creationists would say. It's not. It's a physics term that observes that the where it was always assumed that the parameters for the the assumption was always what's known as naturalness which is the idea that life is the inevitable result of of uh the conditions of the universe because we're here so it was always assumed that the parameters for life to exist must be very wide um a very likely event to happen for us to fall into it other because because we're right. here which is the opposite of of divine creation and right right on purpose a purposeful right. design intelligent design that's what i was looking for yeah, yeah. but fine-tuning challenges that because it it's the observation that all of the fundamental constants of the universe had to be just precisely lined up mm -hmm. in order to make conscious life possible um and I could I could go into examples. I get it. No, it, it, but, but, but we talk about it in the sports world. So it's like Dre when we say like you know we got to see Ken Griffey Jr., Bo Jackson, right? All of these great athletes, Michael play in Jordan, our Muhammad Ali. Yeah, That's yeah. Fine tuning. Okay. Yeah. So the observations of physicists over the past hundred years is that contrary to expectation, life is actually a statistical miracle. We shouldn't be here, but we are. Right. And so right. their answer to that is what's known as the anthropic principle, which in its in its basic sense is the weak anthropic principle, which basically just says, well, we we must live in the kind of universe that gives rise to conscious life. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here to notice that we that we're here. Um, if we didn't, it'd be some other universe with no life and we wouldn't and be we here wouldn't know about it. it. Right. Yeah. And in uh, in Douglas Adams' book, I think it's, it's whoever wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, series. Mm -hmm. I think it's Douglas Adams. Um, um, he uses the analogy that a atheists love to repeat of a puddle, marveling that it's puddle-like, that it has the specific contours to hold this puddle, 
and the joke being that if it was some other shaped puddle, it would be that puddle marveling that it's puddle-like, which is a terrible analogy because the point of fine-tuning is that if the puddle was shaped any other way, wouldn't hold a puddle. Um, there wouldn't be any life. And so, I don't know. That's Every time like you the, say fine-tuning, like the mental picture in my head is <laughs> this. I don't I was just yeah, I, I, was, I, was, like this. I was actually having this conversation with <laughs> fine, someone fine tuning, not not broad tuning. This is like, but, you know, you gotta get to the freak band, but you gotta you gotta get the noise out. You gotta Right, but I mean, but but I'm just, you know, <laughs> with a different scope, right? I'm just looking at the line. <laughs> so, yes. Which is a lost art because the computer does it for you now. Right. True. It tells you yeah. what to listen to, tells you what to fucking right. AI. These, 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 are the, these are the stations you care about. Andrew, so this, you see, these Andrew, are not the droids you see, you're looking for. Do you see what happens here? You see how this isn't my fault? <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't know where you're going. Are, do you subscribe to these, to these physical theorists? Or... Are you asking me? Do, yes. Are you asking me? No. no. I'm, I'm explaining. I'm, do I... Okay, fine-tuning is the, the issue I'm talking about. Like the, okay. the universe has the appearance. And in Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, he discusses this about the the phrase apparent design shows up a lot not just right. in his writings but in the writings of physicists talking about fine tuning right but that's the, that's the, so fine tuning is like the other side of physicists saying give us the the big bang give us the one miracle and then we can take it from there kind of thing right it's a long string of miracles right. starting with the big bang right and right up and right up to us like a long chain of them including like the size of our moon mm -hmm. our our the shape of our red blood cells because it's perfect yeah. for moving oxygen across yeah. the surface of the liquid yeah i need that miracle or, but i don't or, believe or, in god what was the one like i just the, saw the, the way the human eye works or the way that the way that eyeballs work correct say, say that again brian irreducible complexity yeah is yeah, there's Which, a there, there's a whole Andrew. I just ran into this the other day. There's this whole like scientific world that says that the way eyeballs work is so hyper complex that it's impossible for it to just happen by chance, mm -hmm. and that essentially every living thing on Earth has eyeballs of some similar capability, and it's just too. Yeah, uh, I don't reject <laughs> Darwinian evolution. I, as far as I'm aware, as a non-biologist, as a non-scientist, it's still the best scientific paradigm for the explanation mm -hmm. of the proliferation of life. Mm -hmm. But it was developed before Darwin ever could see a cell. He mm -hmm. had no idea how complex how, the things how were inside. It is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the that's the subject of a book called Darwin's Black Box by Michael Bahe, not the actor, um, who came up with the term irreducible complexity. But and he stopped but, the Terminator. Oh, not same guy. He did. Yeah, yeah did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also speaking of AI, he's also one of our greatest allies in the war against the machines. As it turns <laughs> yeah. out. As it, as it turns out. Yeah, but um, we should so, all be naming our sons after him. <laughs> so you've probably heard about the multiverse hypothesis sure this is basically a re this is this is the known as the strong anthropic principle this is basically the anthropic principle says that because from what we observe the odds of us being here are so astronomically unlikely that it's impossible yet we're here so we there must be more to the picture that we're not seeing we just have to look for that. 
the strong anthropic principle expands it out to say that we actually live in a multiverse where if a particle is zipping this way and forces are acting on it where it could zig that way or zag that way, the universe actually splits into two um, to accommodate each alternative. This And this is another term for this is the collapse of the wave function, which is a whole thing that I could explain, but I'm not going to because you'll you'll get mad at me. But uh, the point is, <laughs> this is all like this idea of the multiverse. So basically under the multiverse, everything that possibly can happen does happen. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a response to the observation of fine tuning. There's no way to test for it scientifically. It is technically science fiction, but this is, but they, they talk about this and as if it's a real possibility that explains things which is really i would argue a religious position but there's another there's another one called the participatory anthropic principle um which is based on the observation effect and i'm i'm not going to get into that but then there's the final anthropic principle which is the subject of the physics of immortality final yes <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long 10 minutes bro their premise is <laughs> that when the omega point is reached, this AI that is omniscient and omnipotent, mm -hmm. having mastered the laws of physics, physics space-time, yeah. will be able to go back in time to the start of the universe and so order conditions to bring about conscious life and its own creation. So it's like it's like a bootstrap paradox wrapped into AI. Yeah. Um well but um, I'm pretty I'm, sure that the Anunnaki <laughs> cre created their own AI, and that's us. So, so and then we're going to make an AI. And then I, I just decided, yeah, down. I retract everything I said. We are in a simulation. That's all this is. This is just it, one big is, ass this loop. Is, this is an Anunnaki simulation. Well, that's, I mean, the, even just just in regular physics, like the, the theoretical physics, right? That you're talking about we don't even need a multiverse for that to happen. We just need infinity to exist in reality, like either infinite space or infinite time, one or the other. And all of that can happen. Um, except we don't have infinite time. Wow. We only have 13.7 billion years, which is a long time by Wait. our human lifetime standards. It's not enough time. Are you for sure it's not 13.6 to... billion years? But it, go, but it continues to go that way infinite right as far as we know supposedly but, but allegedly but, <laughs> allegedly but what he's saying is that before we before the big bang was a thing um what happened what was before the big bang well no before we had the big bang theory oh. before lemaitre's primeval atom theory mm -hmm. before or, or before einstein's relativity which gave rise to the big bang theory the the steady state model was assumed that the universe has just always been here and mm -hmm. always will be right therefore we had infinite amount of time for things to fall out the way that they did right so when we've when we figured and when the big bang theory was first proposed it was ridiculed that's the big bang theory is a is a is a pejorative um it was it was offered as the primeval atom theory is offered by a guy named george lemaitre who happened to be a catholic priest and a physics professor um, it was it was ridiculed for being too close to the book of Genesis because the idea of a beginning of the universe 
well, that was a religious idea. Mm -hmm. Only only quaint, uh, naive religious people believed in that. But with that now established, now we have infinitely less time to deal with. I mean, 13.7 billion years is a long time, but it's a lot less than infinity and not enough time. For a lot less than infinity. Have. I like that. Yeah. We, we've, we have ways to go. Which we is, got, we got time. <laughs> and so, uh, and uh, anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the reason I brought that up is because it ties into a possible reading of the book of Revelation where the, uh, the beast receives a, a fatal wound to his head and yet lives. Um, and then the second beast sets a, an image of the first beast that has the power of breath and it slays those who are who refuse to worship the image of the beast so it's uh it's alive in some sense and it has discernment and there's a lot that can be unpackaged there um but uh we're already two hours in and i'll just uh leave it there i think i think brian finishes thoughts about as well as Prince finishes songs. Purple Rain, specifically. <laughs> go on. I mean, it's brilliant, just like Prince, right? And it all it's ties together. Way, and it's weird kind of this, thought. Yeah. this is a compliment, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just so you know. And, and being that I'm speaking to Matt. Yep. And, I, and he so, would agree. So, so you have to know, Brian, that Dre and I have had many arguments about who the greatest singer person of all time is. And Dre is squarely in the, the uh, Michael Jackson been, camp. And I've I'm been in the privy Prince to camp. those. I've, yeah. You're, you're explaining this like we haven't been friends for thirty years. I'm just making sure, making sure you know. Conversation. I don't. I still need you offended. But but the Purple Rain soundtrack is maybe the greatest single album of all time, and it's all it's just one long ass song. Hmm. There's actually no breaks. I don't think on any of them. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. I, I have to go back and listen to it and just to pay attention to the all. breaks in the song. But like they don't break. It's just like a. And then it amps, ramps back up again. So Andrew, Andrew sir. Andrew, you, Prince, Michael Jackson, pick. Geez. Go. Oh, man. I mean. I'm not I'm not the subject matter expert. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Is there, is there anything that you that you do want to pimp out or, or shout out while while we got you on here? No, I'm just uh no. glad glad to have uh contributed <clears throat> what little I did contribute. <laughs> if if it helped any at all i don't know yeah i don't i don't think i speak for myself when i when i say we're we're glad we had you on and Absolutely. glad you had like a little yeah little uh insertions uh yeah. here and there i'll insert a little canned applause right here like, thanks, thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming on thanks yeah. for coming thanks. andrew <laughs> yeah i appreciate you guys so uh i think we can leave it there um Look, you know where to find us because we're everywhere now. So every place that you get your podcast, we are available, including YouTube. And uh, so with that, I'll just say, hey, stay enlightened, stay curious, and we'll catch you next week.